0: Hi everyone, I wanted to remind you of a must-read. This is a book that you have to have on your bookshelf. It is called The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. He is able to help you make important decisions, give you some guidance on which path to take, and you get to learn how he tapped into the wisdom and power of the unseen worlds for guidance and inspiration. I had the opportunity to interview him, and he was a lovely guest on the Path 11 podcast, episode 343. Check it out. Listen to the podcast. Go buy the book. Again, it's The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. To find out more information, go to his website, carlgreer.com. That's spelled C-A-R-L-G-R-E-E-R.com. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by the Reconnective Healing Global Community. I don't know if you guys remember, but back in 2020, we released an episode with Dr. Eric Pearl and Jillian Fleer about reconnective healing. He was a chiropractor who was working in his practice in Los Angeles, and his patients started to report that they were having these healings just with his hands being near them without him actually touching them. So he went on to research and try to find out what this universal wisdom was behind what was happening. And he developed the Reconnective Healing Process. Their website is thereconnection.com and they are offering an online level one class called the Portal to awaken your own healing ability and to learn how to do this. There's over eight hours of interactive content where you will learn to interact with energy, light and information to experience lasting knowingness, peace and love without limitations. They gave us a coupon code to give to all of our listeners. It is PATH2PORTAL. We're gonna put that in the show notes and that's 25% off of the Portal Online Level One course. I hope you guys enjoy. Let me know if you take it, send me an email. would love to know how the course works for you. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the PATH11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this podcast today. Now, do you know what your spiritual DNA is? I know I had no clue. I'm hoping to find out. We all know that we have regular DNA, but did you know that you had spiritual DNA? Do you even know how to access it? Do you know how to use it? Well, my guest today is going to talk all about that and hopefully teach us how. And it sounds like she's going to decode my spiritual DNA. So I'm really excited about that. My guest today is all the way from Australia, Carmel. Nyland, and she is the former CEO and leader of various government agencies on gender, racial equality, human rights, and child protection in New South Wales, Australia. She has recently written a book called Our Spiritual DNA, 12 Ascended Masters, and the Evidence for Our Divine Ancestry. So I am very, very excited about this. Carmel, welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Thank
1: Thank you very much. much. I should also mention that I have an American son, born in Ithaca, New York. Ithaca so I was a student there.
0: Yeah, my one of my best friends lives in Ithaca. Um, I every time I go there, I buy a new shirt that says "Ithaca is gorgeous," because <laughs> they have the beautiful gorges there. It is. And it is. I've spent a lot of time in Ithaca. It's beautiful. It is. Yeah, and you. People. Mm-hmm. And you went to Cornell University there. You had said
1: for a little while my husband did his PhD there we both were at the University of Illinois first that's in Champaign-Urbana and Mm -hmm. went there where I gave birth to a son Tompkins County Hospital just in case anybody's listening from Ithaca
0: yeah I'll have to send this podcast to my best friend Tracy because that's right where she lives (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So how, how does one kind of work with local government agencies? And then all of a sudden you're writing a book about spiritual DNA. So give us a little bit of your background. Okay.
1: Well, what it is, it's, it's really like having dual personalities. So I had a regular life with regular degrees, living in regular places, bringing up my children. And then I went to work in government And I ran government agencies. But all the time, I was conscious that I was living in two worlds. So I could see the auric field of people. So imagine sitting in a meeting with everybody there, ministers of the crown, important people, and they start talking. And you can see by their auric field that they're telling you a bunch of hogwash. Oh. (laughs) Got it? Got it. See the colours around them. And it's like they blush and you think, oh, oh. and then they go a kind of purple colour and then they go a kind of that khaki colour mm-hmm. and you think, Mm-mm. telling me a porky literally. So having, having lived in that two, two worlds, the other thing I think that's critical is that I was brought up, I am a Catholic, and that is the most mystical life, one of the most mystical of religions So I lived with my grandmother when I was little and she was Irish and she would say to me, go and play with the fairies in the garden. So that's what I would do because that's what Irish kids do. And then I go to a convent and I'm taught by Irish Catholic nuns. So once again, you're shifting between the, um, the realities and you're shifting into things that are a way of looking at the world where other entities are around, including in the garden. Mm -hmm. So that's how I lived in two worlds. And by the time I got to give up my work, my paid work, I just settled into doing what I really wanted to do, which was write about Merlin. And the other thing that fascinated me was that we had physical DNA So why didn't we have spiritual DNA too? I mean, I never doubted the fact that we had a soul. So how did it work? And if the nuns told me that I was part of God, how did that work? So I tried to ask myself those questions and come up with answers. And it took, I don't know, 30 years or so, but eventually I
0: got there. Yeah. Now I know that you also received the help of working with a llama. Um was it a Tibetan A Tibetan, Tibetan lama Tibetan llama yeah. that had the ability to also go in between worlds and um he began to channel for you as you were asking these questions. And maybe we should um, talk a little bit about the Ascended Masters because you talk about the number 12 being very important and that there's 12 Ascended Masters. And I know that you were very connected to St. Germain. Yes. Okay.
1: So let's start with all of that. Um, Just on the the, uh, matter of 12 first. 12 members of a jury through 12 apostles through 12 ascended masters right through 12 in a dozen there are all kinds of 12 so when yeshua ben joseph Jesus was on on this earth he put 12 around him and when you actually look at the elements of DNA, you'll see that there are like 12 aspects of DNA. This is, this is of human DNA. Mm-hmm. So I started to work with 12 and I would go to a channeling session and a person would kind of go to sleep in the chair. He would call in this Tibetan master and the Tibetan master would say, well, who do you want to talk to? I didn't know, but then it was the best. And he said, oh, "Saint Germain." He never said Saint Germain. He always said, it. "Oh." So it was like almost seeing, or it's like some sacred space you're going to. And one of the first opportunities I had to speak to Saint Germain through this channel, he came in, and he was dressed in purple exactly the same violet colour as you have behind you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he, um, he twirled, he, he, I, I could see him with my inner eye, he twirled around like a ballerina. And I said, are you a ballerina? He said, I invented ballet. But he said it in French, No, I can't do that accent. And I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. And he started telling me about some of the lives he had. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Do you ever have female lives? And he said, yes, I do. Um, I'm better at them, he said. And then he started naming what in Australia we'd call blokes. Uh, uh, You'd call them guys. Um, Other people who also were, were his mates who sat round a kind of a table, we'll say a table, like the Knights of the Round Table. There were 12 of them, by the way, too. Mm. Like there are 12 members of the Zodiac. So he would sit there and he would say, now, on my left, I have Mother Mary and on my right, I have Kutumi and Kutumi's." female aspect, he didn't say that he but i certainly found out later, is Lady Portia. And then he would go round the table until we got to the full 12. Six females, six males, or mm. feminine energy and male energy. That was the beginning. Um, and I would ask him about the lives that he had, and he had, Lives of great mystery, lives of daring do. If you, um, he loved dance, he loved singing, he loved composing. Um, it struck me a lot of the time he sounded more gay. That you know what I mean? <laughs> he sounded more <laughs> like a gay. <laughs> he never did anything else. He certainly didn't sound Australian. Um, he would tell me about the things he invented. And he has been a remarkable impet. He's been an adventure. So he would say, Well, he'd say in French, I discovered America. I said, Well, how did you do that? You sort of got in a boat, sailed, sailed west. <laughs> there it was. And I said, Surely there were people here when you already got there. He said, Yes. So how come you, you say you discovered it? I thought Christopher Columbus discovered America in inverted commas. And he said, who do you think Christopher Columbus was? Ah. So, with work, who do you think Rudolf Nureyev was? A great ballet dancer. Who do you think the inventor of electricity was? Say, you. And so it would go on. And a magical mystery tour it was. Um, I asked him who his female aspect was, and he said, by female aspect is threefold. I said, well, there's one of you and there's three of her. And he said, well, you know what women are like. He said, they can't quite decide which way they want to show their face. So there's Mary the Mother, there's Mary the Magdalene, and there's Mary the High Priestess. And he pointed to me and he said, You come from the energy line of Mary the High Priestess. And I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, well, probably in your history, the one you'd remember first is ISIS. And I said, well, she started Egypt. He said, yes. But I said, Cleopatra, shut it down. You're not going to tell me I was Cleopatra too. And he said, you wish. And so it went on. Mm. Now, I'm giving you a little pretesis of it, but in fact, they were more like dictations, quite lengthy ones of which were being recorded and then would be transcribed. Mm. And originally, I just looked at St Germain, Mary in her three aspects and no one else. And then I had to expand it because that's a very limited Joy. audience. So I had to do everybody. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter whether it's Donald Trump, Ronald Reagan, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, all of them had to say, okay, tell me who he was. Tell me who he was. And after a while it became easy because another being, me. Um, who was the world teacher, came through and he said to me, look, rather than you asking me tediously who was who, who was who in the zoo, it would be so much easier if you just looked at their first name. And I said, why? And he said, well, in their name you can get an idea of who they are. Sometimes they fool you and they get a mixed up name because it's their grandfather's name or their grandmother's name and they had to be called that. But if they can come in themselves and speak clearly to the mother, their yeah. own mother, then she can usually convince everybody else what name they should be called. So when we look at your name, and you give me your full name.
0: It's April Ann Hannah. April, and Hannah.
1: April is not a common name. So I'm just going to put that aside for the moment and I'll look at April, and Hannah. Look at Anne and Hannah and include your last name as one. Well. Now, both of those names are the names that are used by the aspect Mary, and in your case, Mary the mother. And Mary the Mother seldom into incarnates. So in America at the moment, there might be, I'll make this number up, but I want to give you the idea about how how few it would be. There, there might be between 20 and 50 Mary the Mothers in the whole of the whole of the United States of America, including Hawaii and the lot. So out of those millions of people, there would be the So it's a great pleasure to meet and marry the mother. Wow. Uh, So that's a kind of rambling way about how I
0: got there. Yeah. Okay. So let me make sure I'm following you. So the way I'm understanding it is that there are these 12 ascended masters and that all of us come from at least one of them. So the ascended masters are reincarnating into human beings Mm -hmm. they can be our great inventors our beautiful musicians the famous people but everybody comes from a certain ascended master and this is what you've been able to decode and it doesn't matter how um
1: unknown they are how humble they are whether they're lying in the gutter tonight they are all a descendant of they are all an aspect, it's a better way of saying it, of an ascended master. So
0: one of those twelve energies. Okay, now in your book, you help people to kind of decode this. And where are my notes here? That that you help people to decode your name, figure out your master color, and then you actually read more of like the biographies that are in your book of each ascended master to really see who you connect with the most. Right. So. So I'm curious though, even though, so you've decoded my name, clearly you've been doing this for a while, but what does it mean to have an aspect of the mother Mary? So what does that mean for me if I'm a part of that spiritual DNA? What do I do with that? Well, um, the mother Mary
1: was chosen by Yeshua Ben-Joseph, who came in as Jesus Christ to to be his mother. And when and this made sound uh, a little non-Christian, but when he had his previous life as Buddha, his mother's name was Maya, which was like Tibetan for Mary. Mm. So his mother is always constant. She's always the same thing whenever he may incarnate. Now, that's not the same with you and I. Um, when we incarnate, we will choose a particular, depending on what kind of life we have to go into, what we have to learn, what we have to lead, what we have to discover ourselves, um, we will choose a particular master energy to be our parents. Um, And he always chose her. Mary the mother, mm-hmm. and why um, she was um, already ascended. She was compassionate. She was intelligent, and she clearly had very good physical DNA. No matter what whatever life she came in, she met his requirements plus his spiritual requirements because if you're going to come in as a person who's going to teach others, then you've got to have a mother who can teach you. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And she, she, as I've checked her lives, this is Mary the Mother, she's done things like found um, schools, particularly schools for girls, Um, She has often been a nurse, always tending to be in a helping profession, but sometimes she will be a Prime Minister. So in the news tonight has been the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda, Jacinda Ardern. She's an aspect of Mary the Mother. And the woman who is running um, uh, Germany at the moment, Angela Merkel, is also
0: an aspect of Mary the Mother.
1: So you're in very good company. Yeah.
0: Hey, I'll take it. And so what would the master oh, color she wasn't doing that? She'd write. <laughs> <laughs> what would the master color be for Mary the Mother? Uh, it would be blue.
1: Ah, OK. And it's right. blue with a little tinge of the violet in it. The master color of St. Germain is violet.
0: So Very interesting. Well, and the reason why I'm kind of smirking and smiling a little bit is, of course, I didn't know this before we got on the call. But, um, you know, interesting enough, a couple of years, well, it was right before COVID. I was getting ready to open up a Reiki training center, but I had seven girls with me, you know, kind of like a school, like where I'm teaching people energy work and teaching them Reiki and they were all female. So that's interesting. There's like a correlation there. My uh, favorite color has always been blue. And I've always, um, you know, during a really spiritual, interesting experience, I call them the blue people. That when I've done energy work before, that they have come into my sessions. I've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, and like my like the wall that I'm in, or the room that I'm in right now is painted blue. My office colors are usually always blue. And um, and I have called in Mother Mary into some healing sessions with clients before knowing that she was one of the masters. And the first time I ever really got introduced to a lot of these names that you're talking about that are in your book was from a tarot deck called the Keepers of Light. And I bought it after I was trained in angelic Reiki because we were channeling um, ascended masters and archangels and stuff like that. So I'm very familiar with the energy of like, you know, Hilarion, Lady Nada, Kuan Yin. I mean, like so many of them, I was like, oh yeah, I've, I've worked with that energy before, but never have gone so in depth as you have to really understand who these beings are. So your book has been very helpful because you give like a really nice overview of the essence of each master just in your book alone is like a great reference for me. And I'm going to go back to, to understand a little bit more about these beings that I work with. And I, I I have never gotten like too involved because I just feel like their intelligence uh, surpasses anything that I can really understand. And I just allow myself to transmit that them coming in, you know, when my client, you know, pulls the card. So, but I have um, called in Mother Mary quite often and she has such beautiful energy. Like- Well, you don't know why
1: she rushes into you.
0: I guess so, yeah. I mean, it really is kind of that nurturing- Yeah, so that's wonderful. I'll have to read up a little bit more on that. So is there any way once we find out what our spiritual DNA is, our master color, how can I and others who are listening when they figure that out, begin to maximize that and really begin to call this in now? Because like, I can't, now that I've heard this, I can't unhear what you just told me today. So So that makes me want to do more. (laughs) Is to become familiar with who the other masters are. Okay.
1: Because um, your um, your equivalent mm-hmm. master would be Saint Germain. Mm-hmm. And as I said, he discovered America and just about everything else. He was a great inventor. He wrote Shakespeare. What were that? Um, he is. Uh, a beautiful writer, very dramatic, Um, sometimes has a bad hair daily, but other than that, he's pretty delicious. I find too that if one looks at, say, the American presidents and their wives, one can get a fairly good idea of what these energies might look like because these are people who have been voted into an office. Mm-hmm. Uh, except perhaps um, the leader, George Washington, wasn't voting into an office. Uh, he kind of led an army and then they just said, you're it, <laughs> you're the president. Mm-hmm. But all of the others at some stage or, or another were voted in. And so there's a certain popularity. People saw things in them, saw, saw that they were ethical, saw that they were a great leader, and I just thought I'd just have a look at some of them and give you an idea who they are and talk about those masters. Sure. You mentioned that sometimes you work with Mm -hmm. Hilarion. He is, with Saint Germain, the founding energy of the United States. We're not talking about an America, which preexisted, but once it became... It separated from Britain and started receiving immigrants and slaves from other countries. George Washington was the leader. And he's an aspect of Hilarion. And Hilarion is often a leader. Um, he would say Alexander the Great, for example. He is a, um, a he works with the color emerald green. And he is nearly always tall, not short. Um, He is, uh, I'm just trying to think how I'll describe him. And he's usually pretty handsome as well. So, you know, he's got a lot of things going for him. He tends to, um, he brings in all great changes. So if you want someone who wants, who can, get America's together and get it on its feet. He wins a war um, and then he settles into running the show and he he brings in people with him who were all some of the best master energies ever. So he marries Martha Washington and she's an aspect of Mary the Magdalene. Um, John Adams was El Mariah. he was one of the beginning fathers of America and his name, John Adams. John, he ain't, because that's a Khatoumi name. And in those days, they didn't have middle names, so it's not very hard. But when you look at Adam, his other name, you get the sense that you're looking at somebody who is the first man. And the first man, Adam with Eve, was none other than el Mariah. So that's actually how you get to it. Sometimes, if I can just go away from first the first uh, founders and just talk a little bit about Abraham Lincoln, whose wonderful monument I loved going to, and I looked to him. Now, he has the name Abraham, and that goes right back to the beginning of Judaism. The founder of Judaism, if you like, was Abraham. Such a good foundation name. He was a man of impeccable fortitude and courage, uh, not only fortitude but morality as well. He um, he uh, was involved in the Civil War, and he comes back occasionally to have other lives because he's very wedded to America. We had the pleasure of having him return in Australia as John Fay, who was one of our um, governors of the state and was very critical in the running of Olympics and of doing that for the whole world. John Adams was married to Abigail Adams, and she was yet again, she was married the High Priestess. Uh, Alexander Hamilton, notice the name Alexander, I said that Hilarion was Alexander the Great. So Alexander ha- Hamilton was, was Hilarion. James Madison. James is a favorite Saint Germain name. Um, and there's also a, a wonderful avenue called Madison Avenue in New York. It's all about advertising. Well, he pretty much invented advertising. So he's uh, associated with James Madison. Dolly Madison is an interesting thing. She was called Dolly because she was so pretty. And one of the prettiest of all of the masters, master energies, is Saint, is uh, Lady Portia. She's the female aspect of Katoomi, and when you think of people like Grace Kelly or Jacqueline Kennedy as an exceptionally beautiful American, and um, your current vice president is also an aspect of of Lady Portia. Expect great things of her. Thomas Jefferson. Thomas is an interesting name. He was one of the apostles. Apostles' names, and he loves the name Thomas. So almost whenever you come across a Thomas, including Thomas the Tank Engine, you can be certain that it is the Serapis Bay energy. Uh, As an Australian, or if you're British, you would know him as Winston Churchill, and you'd also know him as uh, Einstein and Isaac Newton. With this particular energy, you're talking brains. So if we go right back to the foundation of um, uh, of Egypt, there was Isis, who was Mary the High Priestess, and there was Osiris, who was Serapis Bay, and they worked with Ptomi, who was of every pharaoh that Egypt over 3,000 years ever had, 95% of them were him. And Ketum is the master in charge of um, geometry, mathematics and all the rest of it. So when you look at Egypt, particularly from the air, you can see this pharaoh who kept putting geometric symbols on the landscape. The pyramid is typical of his kind of thinking. And if you can look at it as a mathematician, you can start to understand Katoumi. Benjamin Franklin is a particular special of mine, a special friend and a favorite of mine. Um, Benjamin was a biblical name, and that was a favorite life of Saint Germain, and he was back as Benjamin Franklin. Um, Deborah Reed Franklin was married Magdalene. John Jay was Khutummy. And Sarah J was married the High Priestess. So you had quite a lineup there. Now, what I'd like you to do is to take a master's name, and I'll, I'll work again, I think, with a with president. Uh, let's look at Donald Trump. But Donald Trump's uh, energy. Is called Dwal And the energy of Dwal is used for two things. The first that it's used for is to create a man of enormous strength, a man who could wrestle an elephant, a man like Hercules, for example, who was that same energy. Or almost the opposite of that. The other thing that Dwight does is fester the rot. So if something is rotten in the state of Denmark or in the state of the United States, he will come in as a president and he will point to you all the rotten bits so that they're hanging like rotten fruit so you can see what you actually got to do to fix the place up. Mm. That's what he does. But at the same time. He also is a handsome man. He was the king of England during the war. And that was necessary because you had to have someone very strong standing up to Hitler. And I'm just trying to think of who else, Ronald Reagan, good looking guy. But came in at the right time to be president of the US.
0: Hi, everybody. I wanted to just take a quick moment to tell you about a beautiful divination deck of cards that you can get your hands on. My friend, Molly Mandelberg spent two years traveling the world while writing and illustrating the Wild Hearts Rise Up Oracle deck. This inspired pep talk deck has some serious magic inside. Pulling a card a day from this deck will encourage you to bring your dreams to life, to allow that idea tapping you on the shoulder to finally manifest into physical reality. It's sassy, insightful, and potent. The link to check it out is in the show notes of this episode. Just click on there. It's going to bring you right to the Oracle deck. And again, it's Wild Hearts Rise Up Oracle Deck. I just think it's interesting, um, you know, with Dual Cool. I also took a training in esoteric healing and in the esoteric healing, he is considered to be the ascended master that also created um, the esoteric healing. So, you know, that's my familiar knowledge of working with him. And I guess just kind of going back to St. Germain when, did, so the way that I was first introduced to him was from a teacher that said, Oh, you know, whatever you don't, whatever you want to release in your karma, just throw into the fire. St. Germain, you know, you can call upon his flame and put it into the middle of the room and then just whatever you need to release and let go of, you know, put that into the flame. So that was kind of what I was told originally. And then when I bought this deck, one of the things that I noticed is a lot of clients pull St. Germain and on the card in the keepers of light, it talks about them releasing their karma. Um, So can you maybe just talk a little bit more about St. Germain and this releasing of karma or why, you know, we're told to use his violet flame and to just cast whatever it is that we need to release and let go into that flame. Okay. Um, He
1: is, Is close to a flame of love that you can possibly think of. He burns with this love. And that is that fits in with him as um, that also fits in with him, with his not only his spiritual practices, but his marvelous inventiveness. So Inventing just about everything from electricity, to the kind of electricity, Edison, for example, to inventing Madison Avenue. So, a master of spin. Mm. And then you, you take all those different parts of him, and in the center is the violet flame. And this is a, a fountain of creativity and of love. And he is, as well as doing everything else, he's reaching down and giving you a helping hand and pulling you out of a bad situation because he has strength, possibly not the strength of a Doyle call, but strength and this marvelous compassion. And as I said, Yeshua Ben-Joseph coming in, had anyone, he could, he could the, the whole 11 masters, because although we see them as males and females, they can cross over whenever they see fit. He had the whole choice
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he chose St Germain as the father. So he's also that father imagery. He embraces you, he inspires you, and he loves you.
0: Okay, so so if we go back to like what you said, you're seeing aspects of the cool in Trump and Trump came and showed us all the rotten fruit that needed to be picked off. And and now we have Joe Biden. Uh, What ascended master is working through him? Who is he um, a part of? His name is Joseph,
1: Mm -hmm. who was Jesus's father. Mm -hmm. So that is St. Germain. So Joe as he prefers to be called, what comes from exactly the same line as Jesus selected is his dad. And, and, and he will be like a father to America. We won't always agree with, with everything he does. It doesn't mean that you've got to vote for him. But what he will be is decent, loving, upright, hardworking, I mean, what does he choose to be? It's the father. He chose to be a carpenter. He chose to make things that were useful. Wow. Well, okay. Interesting. And so you'll see yeah. all of that coming through
0: mm-hmm.
1: the, the man that you have at the moment.
0: Yeah, and I want to let people know, too, that um, you have a really nice chart and list of a ton of people's names, That's um, right. you know, so if you buy this book, you'll be able to search for your name very quickly and see, you know, That's right. who, who your Ascended Master is, and then you can go back in the book and, you know, read more more about that, it. The, yeah. so, I, so I call it
1: the who's who in the zoo, because <laughs> I was always interested in what lay behind So, and as I was always trying to work out who they all were, I became more interested in who everybody else was as well. So I would be constantly going to sessions and I would be saying, well, tell me all about Ronald Reagan or what about Elvis Presley or, you know, or what about my husband? Who is he? Or what about my son? Two sons. Who are they? Mm.
0: Uh,
1: and they've got these kinds of characteristics. And I have got this pain in the neck who's a, who's a who's a an employee of mine at the moment. Who's she? I would say in a hushed voice, and I'd be told I'd go, oh no. <laughs> it was, I always thought that this woman who I thought was a pain in the neck was, and she turned out to be Lady Portia, who mm. is um, beautiful, sweet, um, tough, um, uh, highly admirable. Look, to me, she wasn't. Um, let's have a look at some of the ones I haven't mentioned. Um, Pallas Athene. Pallas Athene is the female aspect of, of Elmariah, and she obviously was the head of Greece, uh, the great goddess of Athena, the goddess of wisdom. And um, she is often the leader. And she is, well, she's she naturally is very good at running things. Um, I'm going to think of, and her typical names are Helen and Elsie and um, Ella, and um, another one that's quite interesting is Lady Nada. Um, She is the female aspect of Hilarion. So, if you've got a being called Hilarion, then Hilary would be like the female aspect, right? Mm So. Which leader have you had who's called Hillary? Hillary Clinton. Right. <laughs> so that will be Lady Nada. Now, that's not to say that Lady Nada doesn't have many other names. She does, but she doesn't incarnate that often. There are, it's not an energy necessarily that most people will be familiar with. Um, another interesting one is just going back to Dwell Cruel at the moment. The um, female aspect of Dwell Cruel is called Lady Fortunata. And a world leader at the moment is Lady Fortunata. Clinton. Okay. had an interesting relationship with Donald Trump, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So you had the male and the female of it two of them running, two of the greatest powers in the world. So there is. just think from God's point of view what might be the subtext that's going on there. Mm. Wow. We think we know, but Mm -hmm. when we know some of this, we know other things.
0: Yeah. So it feels like to me you have almost perfected this down to a science where probably anyone that you meet now at this point, you are able to see which Ascended Master they, they are. Yeah, it's That's because, fascinating. But, but,
1: for example, if you can see the arc field around a person, um,
0: like I can around you, then I've got a clue anyway. So would my org yeah. field also have the color blue in it because I'm connected Correct. to? Yes. Okay, and right. I, I've been told that before. Going in that it's blue,
1: um, like pictures that you see of Mary, who I would call out as a Catholic, I call her Our Lady. Um, it's that kind of blue. It's blue with a little bit of violet in it as well, from Saint Germain's violet flame.
0: Yeah, so that's so interesting because um, years ago. Um, I should probably have this psychic medium. She was phenomenal. Uh, Tracy Flutie is her name. She's local here to the area. And that's one of the things that she does when you first go and talk to her and she can see your auric field and your color. And I have the notes on it. She said, you are of a blue and a purple aura. I was like, okay, I love those colors too. My favorite colors. But, you know, didn't explain the way that you're explaining. Well, what, you know, people will say, well, what does blue mean? What does purple mean? Um, You know, but so this is like, Again, I'm always looking for credibility and validation, and yes. it's like, okay, this is you're telling me some of the same stuff that other people have told me, but in a different way and connecting it to the ascended masters. So when you hear, not put it all within a framework, right? Yes. So yeah, you, as
1: you understand each of the ascended masters and their color, right, and the kind of roles that they have played on the earth, then you start. It's the penny starts the penny starts dropping. You start to understand. Ah, yes. So I can look and drive my husband mad watching <laughs> television, particularly the news. I say because you just want to see who, who is everyone. Yeah. who's in there at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um. Kutumi. Kutumi is a favorite of mine. Um, because he's my guide, and, uh, and we've talked about Lady Portia, who's the female aspect of him, and he has played a particular role in America. He's been very prominent here. Um, he's been very prominent, and I'm just trying to think of some of the Kutumis. Um He was St. Francis. He was Galahad. He was Shah Jahan of India. He was St. John and all the other John names was one of the apostles. He was St. Jude. He was Kevin, Isaac and Yitzhak. He was Louis as in Louis XIV, Oliver and Olivier, Roger, Ronald, but not Ronald Reagan. Theodore, um, Tristan, Ulysses, Odysseus, and then William and all of the other forms of William like Bill and Willie and Neam. Um, so when you there are probably four masters uh, sorry, there are eight in a sense, but this Lady portion, there is Saint Germain and the three aspects of Mary. There is Elvira, and there is Hederion. And these are the ones that you will come across most commonly. And knowing how they work will help you understand who everybody else is.
0: Yeah. Well, I'd like to highly encourage everyone to check out your book, to get it, to figure out what your spiritual DNA is. Um, Again, Carmel makes it very easy. And can you also let people know what your website is, how people can find more information out about you? Um, Your books are available, I'm sure, like on Amazon, anywhere where you purchase books. And uh, yeah, just let people know what the name of your website is. Um, Well, I have one website
1: that's called our spiritual DNA like that. I hope that's right, our spiritual DNA. And that will help explain further than I'm able to tonight Um, uh, the concepts of our spiritual DNA. Um, I have another website which is called A Darker Magic This Week Comes, which is part of the novel in the Merlin series that I'm writing, and I also have my own website. But my own website, because I've got such diverse interests, um, might take you up the garden path because I'm president, the, I was the Australian president of the Iris Society, for example, so you're likely to see a lot of iris there. Why? Well, at the safety favourite colour, purple, you know, mm. and... Um, Uh, So I've gone off and round a whole lot
0: of things. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for just, we really just covered, um, there was so much involved in your book. So we were really kind of touching on the highlights of this. And I hope that we sparked, you know, a lot of curiosity in everyone listening today to really want to investigate their spiritual DNA. If these names are new to you and you have never heard the names of the Ascended Masters, I would use this podcast as a way to get curious about it, read about them. Like I said, the Keepers of Light, I can't think of the the gentleman who created them. He's pretty famous too, but that's a great uh, tarot deck that I use all the time in my practice. Practice, and that's kind of also an easy way to get to know these energies and these names but um, carmel's book really does a very very beautiful job of going more in depth with really understanding who the ascended masters are so we will put her website in your show notes and i'd like to thank you carmel again for being here and i'd like to thank everyone for listening today take care everyone Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the PAP11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, PAP11 TV. Visit pap to start a seven-day free trial and start streaming over 100 hours of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com, and be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now.